comes not except to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that you might have and enjoy life, life in abundance until it overflows. Discover how to live the abundant life in Christ through the ministry of Pastor Ose Yao Afuakwa. Pastor Afuakwa is the general overseer of Faith House Charismatic Chapel International, a thriving ministry in Kumasi, Ghana. God has commissioned him to preach and teach the word of faith for people to know God better, live life better, and impact their world better. Get set for an empowerment that will enable you to live a life of all-round victory success and limitless prosperity god bless you as you listen last week i started teaching on the breakthrough power of loving the church breakthrough power somebody say breakthrough power you see everybody wants to break through in life but others have ended down in their pursuit of breakthrough they ended up breaking down instead of breaking through in your quest to break through, you can also break down. Many people, they've done all kinds of things in their quest to break through. But their best effort at breaking through leads them to break down. Because there is a spiritual law that must principally be engaged. When we say you are broken through, we are saying that all things around you have been sorted out. And we saw one man who broke through supernaturally from the scriptures. The man's name is David. Somebody say David. David. David, I like to talk about him because David is like most of us. We are saved, but we have issues. How many of us have issues? Yeah. So I can preach. It's a good message to preach. Praise God. Those who don't have issues, they didn't come today. But in spite of the issues David had, there was a certain kind of heart he had. The kind of heart he had. Towards God and towards God's house distinguish him on earth. And that's what we want to explore this month. Look at what the Bible says in the book of 2 Chronicles. 2 Chronicles chapter 29, verse 26 to 28. So David, the son of Jesse, reigned over all Israel. David, the son of Jesse, reigned over all Israel. He reigned over Israel for 40 years, seven of them in Hebron and 33 in Jerusalem. Somebody say Jerusalem. Jerusalem. Okay. And then verse 27, verse 28, he died in what? Let's read it together. One go. He died. Well, that's my prayer for you. Amen. I said, that is my declaration for you. Jesus died short so you can live long. Praise God. I tell people all the time, don't be in a hurry to die. Don't be in a hurry. Don't you never say, not be in a hurry to die. Because the place we are going, we will be there forever. So when you rush and you get there, you won't win any prize for being there early. Praise God. We, we are there forever. You will go at your due time. Amen. I said you will go at your due time. Amen. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Bible said he died in a ripe old age. Having enjoyed long life, wealth, and honor. Then his legacy continued. The Bible said his son Solomon ruled in his place. That is his legacy continued. Your legacy shall continue. Amen. Your legacy, your spiritual legacy shall continue. Amen. 
It shall not be said that when he died, his children went wayward. It shall not be your testimony. It shall not be said that you raised your children in the Lord and they departed from the Lord. It shall never be your testimony. Can somebody give me a believing amen? amen? But this was his end. In fact, if you read First Chronicles chapter 29, verse 26 to 29, that is the end. I don't think there is any verse after that. That's the end. But in biblical interpretation, one of the things is to study the scripture in context. So if you want to see some of the things that influence him to get that kind of end, you have to go from the beginning. You look at life. For instance, you see somebody, the person is blessed, he's doing well, family is working, money is flowing, and very successful. You can easily assume and say the man is lucky. Is that not what people say? Yeah. In fact, ignorant people attribute success to luck. Ignorant people, enlightened people know that success is not a product of luck, but a product of light. Somebody say light. What you do and others don't know will always distinguish you. It's not, it's not luck. If it was luck, a lot of people would be very successful. Very successful. A lot of people. So what was the secret about David? One is that he had a heart for God. Somebody say he had a heart for God. He had a heart for God. His heart was always after God. In fact, God described him as a man after my own heart. That's, that's, look, he says, because he has set his love upon me. That's our focus. His love was upon God. And not only did he set his love upon God, because you see, every time you set your love upon God, there are things you also set your love upon. To show that truly your love is upon God. David set his love upon God. Psalm 91, verse 16. He set his love upon God. Was that the only thing he did? Now go to 2 Chronicles chapter 26, verse 1 to 3. Furthermore, David the king said unto all the congregation, Solomon, my son, whom the Lord alone has chosen, is young and tender. And the work is great. For the palace is not for man, but for the Lord. Verse now I have prepared with all my might for the house of my God, the gold for the things of gold, the silver for the things of silver, the brass for the things of brass, iron for the things of iron, wood for the things of wood, on stones and stones to be set, glistering stones, and of diverse colors and all manner of precious stones and marble stones in abundance. Look at verse number three. Let's read it together. Moreover, because of what? Proper good. Because I've set my affection upon the house of my God. I've set my affection. Last week we realized that those who love the house of God, they prosper. Is that not what Psalm 22 says? 122. He said, may all who love thee prosper. You do well. You succeed. You make satisfactory progress. That's what it means. May all who love Jerusalem prosper. You can be committed to the things God is committed to and you will not be changing your level. There's a change of level for someone. Yeah. I said there's a change of level for someone. Yeah. Blessed. Blessed in every way. One long life is there. Divine health is there. In fact, the man was so healthy 
Now, when he died, before they could believe that he was dead, they had to find a young maiden and bring her close. And when they checked and everything was intact, they said, the man is already old now. He had energy, blessed, going out, blessed, coming in. And then when he departed, everything was in shape. Listen, when you die, your family will not be in confusion. Amen. And this year, I have that leading. I will teach on set your house in order. There are certain fears Africans have. Eh? It robs them a lot. Everybody has that kind of fear. But Africans, we, we, we don't take advantage of it at all. You see, you don't have to run away from fear. You have to face your fears if you ever become anything worthwhile in life. And the moment you begin to face your fears, you see that your fears are fleeing away from you. Any fear you confront will eventually flee away from you. Very few Africans, successful Africans, usually make will before they die. In spite of the many education that's going on. I'm telling you. See, we can't hide him. Yeah. That's one of the things you can do to create confusion after you are dead and gone. Listen, when you prepare your will, it doesn't mean you are going to die. But it does, it does mean that should you die, everything is okay behind you. You will live long. I'm just talking to you about long life. I'm just talking to you about long life. But your children should not be frustrated by people who have no place after you are dead. And somebody will be saying, oh, man, are doing all kinds of things to your children, your wife, and the people you care about. People in the West, they decide, a number of them, they decide what should be done with their fortune should they die. Some of them, they don't even have children. Some of them, they will everything they have to their churches. That when they die, everything they have, the church should use it. If there's a property, they should sell it to advance the gospel. Whatever you want to be done with, whatever God gives you in your lifetime. Listen, don't die and let somebody else dictate it. You should state it before you go. Now, this is a, a wayside wisdom because all of you are going to stay for a very long time. Amen. You will live for a very long time. Amen. Praise God. Just on aside. That time will come. Set your house in order. Set in order. So, we were talking about the breakthrough power of loving the church. Somebody say breakthrough power. When you love the church of God, God takes you higher. Higher and higher and higher and higher. Why? Because it's principally the love of... The Bible said the church is the bride of Christ. You know what you do with your bride? Your bride. You adorn your bride. You prepare your bride. You invest in your bride. Catch. You, do, you cry there. You are young. Do you even have a beloved? Catch. You need to cast somebody. Are you not in 40 Fourth year, see me in the office. <laughs> the breakthrough power of loving the church. Let me come back. To love the church is to set your affection on the church. Somebody say, set your affection, set your affection. on it. To love the church is to set your affection on it. And we talked about a number of reasons why you must love the church. Love the church, number one, because God loves the church. Somebody say, God loves the church. church. Yeah, that's number one. God loves the church. Number two, we said you must love the church because your total breakthrough, your breakthrough and your total well-being in life is what? Tied to it. Somebody say, my breakthrough breakthrough. 
and total well-being in life. Your total well-being in life is tied to your love for the church. That's what it's tied to. He says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. But the condition is that seek it first, not second, not third. Make it a priority. Seek it first and all these things. And then you need to love the church, number four, which will be number one in this service, because loving the church proves the sincerity of your love for God. Somebody say, when I love the church, church. it proves the sincerity of my love for God. That's what we'll be focusing on this in this service. But in this service, what does it mean to love the church? What does it mean to love the church in this service? To love the church is to be committed to the continuous growth and advancement of the church. Somebody say, be committed. To the continuous growth and advancement of the church. What does it mean? Oh, you say you love the church. What does it mean? Is it just by coming and singing, he's done so much for me, I cannot tell it all. Yeah, it's true. It's part of it. But to love the church is to be committed to the continuous growth and advancement of the church by your actions practically. You see, the truth about lo- uh, 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 loving God is that love is, God's love is practical and provable. In the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 8, I think verse 8, he says, this do, I speak not by commandment, good. I speak not by commandment, nor by the occasion of the forwardness of others. And to prove the sincerity of what? Of your love. Sincere love is always provable. And it's practical. Always provable and very practical. When we get committed to the growth and advancement of a church, we prove that we love it. How do I say this? Because God loves the church and God is committed to the growth of the church. Do you hear me? God is committed to it. In the book of Jeremiah chapter 19, 30 verse 19, he said, out of them shall proceed thanksgiving. Somebody say, out of them them. shall proceed what? Thanksgiving. And the voice of them that make merry. And I will multiply them and they shall not be few. I will glorify them and they shall not be small. This is God. He loves the church and he says, I'm committed to the growth and the advancement of the church. Again, in the book of Acts chapter 2, verse 47, Acts 2, 47, this is what the Bible says. It said, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added, somebody say the Lord, added Lord. daily unto the church such as you be saved. God added. What? He loves it. And he's committed to the growth and advancement of the church. So when we love the church, we'll be committed to the growth and advancement of the church, practically. The necessity of loving the church, we've talked about. The fact that Christ loved the church, number two, it proves the sincere, uh, your breakthrough and total well-being in life is tied to it. Number three, it proves the sincerity of your love for God. Somebody says the sincerity of my love. Sincerity of your love for God is proven by that. David, a lover of God, who was also an addicted lover of the church. You know what David said? He said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go to church. I was glad. I was glad. That's why we handled it last week. I was glad. Everything about church excites me. Everything. Everything. Coming here should be more exciting for you than going to stadium. Coming to church. Coming to church on Wednesday should be more exciting for you than watching Arsenal play. 
That what in man you play? Chelsea, Chelsea crowd, does it exist still? <laughs> May the Lord have somebody. Look at what David said. David said in Psalm 27. Psalm 27. Let's do Psalm 84, verse 10. The, uh, the New Living Translation. It said a single day. Somebody say a single day. A single day. Now, this is how we know it. A single day in your court is better than a thousand. Anywhere. Anywhere. I would rather be a gatekeeper in the house of God. In the house of God than live the good life in the homes of the wicked. That's what David said. This was proven by his love. So we are saying that God who loves the church is committed to the growth of the church. When we also love the church, we must be committed to the growth and advancement of the church. And I'll show you three reasons why the growth of a church is a matter of high priority for God. It's a matter of high priority for three reasons. One, because God does not want anyone to perish. Do you know that God wants everybody in Kumasi saved? Yes. Do you know that God does not want a plus two pop functioning? Do, do you know that? Yes. Oh, you are not sure. Maybe you are not sure. If you are not sure, just tell me, Pastor, I'm not sure. Maybe you are thinking it's somebody's business. Oh. But God wants everybody, like today, God wants everybody in Kumasi to be in church this morning. But I doubt if 50% of people in Kumasi are in church. The Bible says in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9, it said, The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some count him slackness. But he's not willing that any should perish, but all should come into repentance. Let's read uh, 1 Timothy. 1 Timothy chapter 2 and the verse number 1 to 4. He said, I urge you, new living translation, please. I urge you first of all to pray for all people. This is what God is saying. He said, I want you to pray for all people. Why do you, must you pray for all people? Ask your neighbor, do you pray for all people? If you go and we call your prayer list, is it for all people or is it for you, your family, your children, your wife, your job? He said, pray for all people. Why? Ask God to help them. Hey, Pastor, I'm going to help you. The said, ask God to help them. Intercede on their behalf and give thanks for them. Everything. Then you go to verse 2. He said, this is why you should do it. Verse 2. Pray this way for kings and all who are in authority. So ask God. When you are praying, pray, God help Akufuado. He's in authority. Pray for parliament. They are in authority. Pray for your boss. Pray for your pastor. Praise God. Pray for all who are in authority. That we, may we can live a peaceful and quiet life by godliness and dignity. For this is pleasing. Verse 3, he says, this is good and pleases God our Savior. What is good and pleases God our Savior? Praying for people. Did you see that? Yeah. It pleases God when we pray for people. And he said the reason why we must pray for people is that God wants everyone to be saved and to understand the truth. Have you seen the mind of God? God wants everybody saved. So your classmates, your classmates, Abby, I don't know whether you can say that all the final year medical students in your class are saved. You can't. Lily, which world are you in now? Uh, theater recovery. Theater recovery. Yeah. All the staff there, I don't think they are saved. I don't. 
Even if they are, the patients that are, you are doing surgeries on and they are recovering, I don't think all of them are saved. All right? Emergency medicine. No, uh, internal medicine. I don't think they are all saved. Not at all. So God and God wants them all saved. Every one of them. The patients who come to your consulting room every week, a lot of them are not saved at all. So when you give them uh, whatever prescription you give, which one do you give often? <laughs> when you give it and you don't add Jesus to it, you have robbed them of something valuable. Okay? Mencia. Mencia. The whole place. The mothers who come to deliver. That's what gynecologists do. Abi. You deliver babies. Eh? Yeah. He wants to bail him out. But not today. All of them are not safe. No, you see, that's how we have to look at it. Every car you sit in, the people are they saved. The taxi driver you picked. I've spoken in the past week, my car has been at the workshop and I've been engaging Ubers. And a number of them, all of them have witnessed to them. I'm expecting them. One of them should be here. It was, I called him this morning. He said, at Agogo. Somebody took him. He promised me he's coming. Somebody took him to Agogo. You know how the devil works. <laughs> Gave him Uber. I didn't know they even traveled that far. Somebody took him all the way to, uh, uh, what do you call it, Agogo. I, I don't know which of the... Uh, uh, no, 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 no. This, I don't know whether it's... This area he's talking about is western area. Uh, Priscilla, this, that area. That, that uh, Sefshi, Sefshi, something. I don't know whether there's uh, this. Is, but that, that kind of place. He said, it's coming from there. Every time you meet somebody, you get to a shop and you are buying something. There are people there. That's a question you ask yourself. Okay? The students you are teaching, I see yes. Praise God. God wants all men saved. So if you claim you love him and you are not committed to getting all men saved, is it true? Once all men saved, including those you have unfortunately described as your enemies, was them saved. Was them saved. That's why said growth and numerical growth matters to God. Because if all men are saved, you can be sure that these empty chairs will not be there. Do you understand what I'm saying? There won't be. In fact, outside everywhere, people will be required to sit. This place will be too small because God wants all men saved. Number two. Because God wants his house to be filled. Our numerical growth matters to God because he wants his house to be filled. You know, usually when there are functions and a, a person in high reputation, a person of high repute is coming, they make sure that the place is packed. Do you see that? Before Nanado comes, everybody must take your seat. The moment he comes, nobody is expected to get up anywhere. You can't bring Nanado to an empty hall. Say, Nana, we want to celebrate you. And then he comes to the hall. Nobody is there at all. No. The Bible said God wants his house filled. Go to the book of uh, Luke chapter 14, verse 21 and 22, quickly. Thank you, Spirit of God. He said, so that the servant came and showed Lord this. Then the master, being angry, said, go quickly into the street and the lanes of the city and bring in either the poor, the maimed, and the hot, and the blind. Verse 23. And the servant said, It is done as thou hast commanded, and yet there is room. 
Somebody say there's room. There's room. You see, there's room. There, is, there will always be room. As long as we remain here, there will always be room. That's why we are dreaming at 1,000. When you see the 1,000 there, you think where would they be seated? They will be seated because we will still do multiple services. Amen. Can somebody give me an amen? amen. 1,000 can't fit here. But there must always be room. You think that when this place is filled, then we are done. No, 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 no. There must be more room. And as long as there is room, God wants it filled. See these chairs? God wants it filled. You see those chairs? God wants it filled. Go to verse 23. 23. He says, And the Lord said unto him, Go to the highways and the hedges, and compel them to come in, that my house may be what? That my house may be what? Filled. Compel them to come in, that my house may be filled. God wants his house filled. You see, never you be deceived when you hear a, a Christian who says that uh, numbers doesn't impress God. He's an ignorant Christian. Oh, church, there is not about large numbers. Church is about large numbers. When you go to the drinking spot, is it not about large numbers? When you go, you meet the large numbers. Then they feel that they have a sense of belonging. When you go to the stadium, where they watch leather, leather ball. Let that somebody sold it together for them. And they watch and they shout, yeah, 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 go! Ah, ah, ah. No, is it not, is it not about large numbers? Large numbers are there. It doesn't take them to anywhere. It takes their money from them. It denies them of their family relationship. Some of them, their marriages are broken apart because of Chelsea, because of this. And, and still they are into it. Oh, everybody wants something like it looks like we are tempted to think that God, God is as much concerned about our quality as much as our quantity. Praise God. Amen. God is not only quality oriented. He is as much quantity. Or, Satan wants more people. You think God who created us in his image, he doesn't want more people. God wants everybody saved. He wants his house to be filled. In every church, not everybody is correct. Like this church. Say amen because you are correct. Amen. I know some people are not correct here, but you are correct. Amen. Say an amen. amen. Yeah. Say it! But, that's it. So if we are more, chances are that at least a greater percentage will be correct and a lesser percentage may not be correct. But if you are only 20, now you remember, let me give you this parable. You see, when Jesus gave a parable of the man who went to sow the, the word, ultimately how many percentage? 25. Okay, 25. So if you have 1,000, 25 is like how much? 250. So if the church is 1,000, the most probable candidate that may be okay, very okay, is 250. Now, if you are only 30 people, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's why, that's why you should understand this thing. Satan uses some, a lot of wrong things, perceptions to confuse people and make this thing. If you are 30, I don't know, the, I will not calculate, if some mathematician is here, you should calculate for me. 30, 0. what? 7.5. 7.5. Human being 7.5, I don't know who will be the point five. You see, you see, but 7.5. The one who has 1,000 people has 250 people. You have 30 people and say, oh, as our church, they're quality, quality. Listen, you are fake. You are fake. Praise God. 
God wants more people. And then God is interested in our numbers because it honors him. Somebody say, it honors him. It honors him. In the book of John 15, 8, he said, but this is my father glorified, that you bear what? Much fruit. Bear what? Much fruit. Bear much fruit. Bear much fruit. Not little fruit. Much fruit everywhere. Much fruit. God is glorified. If you can have a church at Afrancho, we have a church at Ofisu, we have a church at Obuasi, we have a church at Mampo, we have a church in all of these places. God is glorified. God is most honored and glorified if you have seven services in this place. Amen. Can somebody give me a believing amen? amen? God will be most glorified. Multitudes. Now, look at Proverbs chapter Proverbs chapter 14, verse 28. Proverbs 14, 28. It said, in the multitude of people is what? The king's honor. Can you see that? In the multitude of people is what? The king's honor. In the want of people is the distraction of a prince. Now, God wants, is committed to our growth for these reasons. And you must be committed to our growth and enlightenment for the same reasons. Now, how can you demonstrate your commitment to this cause practically? Have six ways to demonstrate your commitment towards the continuous growth of the church. Somebody say, I love my church. I love my church. And that means I will be committed to his growth. How do I practically demonstrate my commitment to it? Number one is to pray ceaselessly for the growth of the church. Pray ceaselessly, number one. Pray ceaselessly. Pray, 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 pray. Ezekiel chapter 36, verse 37. Pray. Pray. Every day, when you are praying, pray for the church. Pray for leadership. Pray for the salvation of souls. Pray that men will come to be saved. When we come to church, altar call is made. People will surrender their lives and give them to the Lord. Look at what he says. This is what the sovereign Lord says. I am ready to hear Israel's prayer. I am here ready to hear Israel's what? Prayers and to increase their numbers like what? A flock. So how can God increase our numbers? When he hears that we are praying for numbers. When he hears that we are praying, Lord, give us 1,000 souls this year. Lord, give us 500 souls this year. Lord, give us this city. Lord, give us the nations. Lord, give us the city of Accra. Give us the city of Kumasi. Let more churches be built for you. When God hears this, the Bible says he will now hear. And then he will answer our prayers. So when we are not praying, there cannot be response. In the book of Psalm 2, verse 8, he said, ask of me. One, only ask and I will give you the nations. Only ask. May we be people who ask. Amen. Receive grace to ask. Amen. Listen, you see, one of the most effective ways to pray, let me tell you, one of the most effective ways to pray is to pray kingdom-centered prayers. Somebody say kingdom-centered prayers. When you pray kingdom-centered prayers, God takes over your matters. And listen, I'm not talking about something you try for one week, two days. Something that becomes a part and parcel of your life. Kingdom-centered prayers. Do you know that in the Lord's Prayer, the kingdom agenda was first. Where is the Lord's Prayer found? I think Luke chapter 11 and then Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6 verse 9. Let's look at it. Let me just show you something there. The Lord's Prayer and see how. When you pray after that part, you know, the Lord's Prayer is not supposed to be prayed the way they pray it. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come. Now, children can be taught to pray like that, but adults, 
There are some of you that I don't want to call, but if you say we should pray now, you just say, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. That kingdom, I will not be surprised even when we are seriously making some word intercession. All somebody is doing, My Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. <laughs> I know that person is not here in Jesus' name. Now look here. He says, After this manner, therefore pray. This is a model. He's not supposed to say, This is a. Uh, how you should be praying always. This is the model. After this manner, a manner is a pattern or a format. After this manner, therefore pray. What is the manner? When you pray, say, Our Father which art in heaven. So pray from the perspective of a relationship. Our Father. When you come into prayer, be more conscious that God is for you than God is against you. God is your Father. And the same way, I know some fathers, sometimes they carry themselves in a way that their children can't easily ask things. But when you are coming to your father, you should not come with fear. Bible says, let us come boldly to the throne of grace. Why? Because you are coming to your father. Our father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. So one, there must be a relationship. Two, you enter his gates with praise. Hallowed be thy name. He said, Radie, don't let me go empty-handed. Some of us, that is, we, <laughs> it disturbs God's protocol. Prayer does not start with your anxiety. That's what the Bible said. Uh, be anxious for nothing. Before you pray, don't come with anxiety. When you come with anxiety, you don't even know how to follow protocol. You don't. You start, Lord, Father, thank you for the privilege of being called your child. That's how it starts. Lord, thank you for your message. Thank you for your grace. That's how it starts. Our Father, which art in them, hallowed be thy name. Praise him first. Then he said, when you are ready, the next step is not about you. Talk about the kingdom. Talk about what? Talk about what? Now, when you go to, you see, the whole kingdom thing, eh, all through Matthew chapter 6, it runs through. The whole kingdom idea runs through. In the prayer, the kingdom agenda is there. When you go on later about the things you seek for, the kingdom agenda is there. When you go all the way, but when you go all the way to Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, it says, seek ye first the kingdom. And in your prayer, you must be seeking the kingdom. All your prayer point is about my marriage. All your prayer point is about my job. All your prayer point. Listen, there are more things you can pray about. He said, pray for all people. Pray for the salvation of people. You are a husband now. You are believing God for a child. And so you are praying for a child. What of praying for somebody else to who has not got a wife? Lord, visit this one. Let bring the person to my level first. Then the others can follow. Am I communicating here? Do you know why God turned the captivity of Job? Not when he prayed for himself. When he prayed for others. When Job prayed for others, God turned his captivity around. This man, God will visit someone. Amen. And I'm telling you, the best prayer you can pray for anyone is for their, their soul to be saved. Lord, save people. Lord, increase us with multitudes. Let a lot of people be saved and established in you. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. In heaven, as it is on earth. Then when you go down, he begins to give us this day our daily bread. Some of us, we start with our father. Then give me this day, my daily bread. Heaven said, yeah. <laughs> go back. You have reversed the order. Go back. Go back. Go back. It's a protocol. The kingdom first and then you second. May the grace of God rest upon you. Number two, so we have to, number one, we must pray. Somebody say pray. 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 That's why we spend quality time 
mostly in our midweek services, praying and interceding. And I'm sure in next, next month or so, even on Sunday morning, we'll be interceding for the city. Praise God. We'll be interceding for the city, big time. Number two, reach out aggressively with the gospel to lost souls. Somebody say, reach out aggressively. Reach out aggressively. Reach out aggressively. I mean, those are, when I meet the Uber people, when they bring me, I, I, as soon as I drop down, I say, go up. My money is up. I want to give you the money up. When I bring them here, then I sit them in my office. Two of them I met this week, and they were just straightforward. I asked them, are you born again? Do you have a relationship with God? If today, Sebastian says, Praise God. Yeah, What do you want to not ask the man? Say, Munu Kwa. Say, Munu Kwa. Now, beside driver, no, and some man, M. Fan Kranshebiama. You don't care about his soul. Reach out. Somebody say, reach out. Somebody comes to do business in your office. By the time the person says, oh, please. By the way, have you given your life to Christ? Are you born again? Do you have a relationship with the Lord? If you die today, do you have a place with God? That's a good businessman. Now, let me tell you. You see, according to the book of Ezekiel, anybody you encounter who is not saved and you did nothing about him for his salvation, God requires his blood from your hands. Anybody. Anybody. Now, I, I'm not threatening you. I'm just telling you. Now, okay. Maybe you think I'm joking. So, all the people you interact with, whether in a bus station, mechanic shop, anywhere you meet a human being who is not born again, you have a responsibility to share something with the person. When you tell him, you relieve yourself of that. Uh, go to uh, Ezekiel 18 because I don't like the, somebody thinking that pastor is cooking up something. Ezekiel 18, quickly. The word of the Lord came unto me saying, verse 1, what mean he that he used a proverb concerning the land of fact? Go to verse 3. As I live, you shall not have occasion. Verse 4. Ma, ma, ma. Behold, all souls are mine. As the soul of the father, so is also the soul of the son is mine. The soul that sinneth shall die. Did you see that? The soul that sinneth shall what? Okay. Nine, 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 nine. Good. The one I'm looking for. Uh -huh. The one I'm looking for actually is not, this one relates to souls, but the one I'm looking for is in Ezekiel chapter 3. Go to Ezekiel chapter 3. Ezekiel chapter 3 verse 7. That one should have it. Yes. Ezekiel chapter 3 and the verse number 17. Ezekiel 3, 17. Please look here. Look here. It says, Son of man, I have made thee a watchman unto the house of Israel. You, now that you are born again, you are a watchman over everyone who is not born again. He said, therefore, hear the word at my mouth and give them warning from me. Look at verse 18. He says, 18. When I say unto the wicked, thou shalt surely die, and thou givest him not warning. Look, hell is your place. If you don't accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and you die, you have only one place to go, and it's hell. And he says, you are saved, and you have heard it. If I tell you this, and you don't give. Now, if you look at what, when I read the scripture, he said, when I say to the wicked, so if you have already told the wicked, why are you now coming to blame me? 
But that one, you can't ask God that. Praise God. He said, I have told the wicked that when you sin, you will die. But hear the word from my mouth and give him warning. Nor speak to the wicked. And thou givest him not warning, nor speakest to the wicked from his wicked way to save his life. The same wicked man shall die in his iniquity, but his blood I'll require at your hand. Did you see that? I'll require at your hand. I'll require at your hand. Now, do you know why God is requiring it from your hand? It's because he is not here, but he has made you his ambassador here. Are you hearing what I'm saying? We are the ambassadors of Christ. So everything Jesus would have done, if he were on earth, that's what we are supposed to do. And we are just to be stewards, reaching out to the lost and drafting them in. Your friends, Andrews, yeah, your friends, are they saved? All the people you've been selling table net to, are they saved? You are not done. Yeah, the customers you are getting for ADB, are they saved? Every time you interact with a person, please, I want you to leave here with that picture in your mind. Every person you encounter, once you don't speak to them about salvation, and, no, you see, it's because sometimes we are not conscious of the fact that people can, life is just very, very short. So you see, my brothers, that life is so short, it passes so quickly, and so you God, so you, you just have one life to live on earth. So you remember your creator while you have breath. Life is so short. You can meet somebody now. In the next 30 minutes, you hear that the person is gone. If you didn't share the gospel with them. You see, the fact that you met him and you never met him again. That's not me that you will ever get another opportunity to hear the gospel. Anybody you meet, decide that he must hear the gospel from you. Anybody you meet. Anybody you meet. Anybody you meet. Anybody you wait. Anybody you wait. So we must aggressively. Somebody say aggressively. 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 Don't be ashamed. Some of us are even ashamed to let people know that we are Christians. I'm telling you. Speaking the word of God. I mean, I mean, Look at this. You know what Apostle Paul said? He said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. It is the power of God unto salvation. And Jesus was speaking. He said, whosoever will be ashamed of me, or of my words, my words, my words, my words. You know there are some words that when somebody says them, they are not worth repeating. Do, do you know? Yeah. You see, you don't repeat it. You don't repeat it. Because the moment you repeat it, you will be deemed as the one who has said it. But there are some words people need to hear them again and again. And one of them is the word of salvation. The word of salvation. I owe your employees, those of you who are privileged to be in positions where you control, or you have control over people. People are working under you. Are they saved? Your neighbors, are they saved? Your friends, are they saved? Aggressively. Somebody say aggressively. aggressively. Say aggressively. Number three is so into our radio ministry. That's one way. So into our radio ministry. I don't want to take that count here, but a number of people here came here through the radio ministry. A number of people in the church. Minister Champo, where is he? One of the greatest gifts God gave us, and he came through the radio ministry. Yeah. 
He's not around because he is doing what he is supposed to do well for us to do well in the ministry. It's a very precious, valuable asset. And he came here through the radio ministry. Oga, somebody invited you. How long did you listen to me on radio? Please stand. How long? How long did you listen to me on radio? For a long time. And then, this is the tall man I'm talking about. He listened to me for a long time and somebody invited him. Praise God. I'll come, I'll come there very shortly. So, so into it. So into it. There's something God has told me, so we are going to expand it. Everybody in our commission must be a part of it. In the book of Psalm 68, verse 11, he said, the Lord gave the word. Great was the company of them that published it. Great. Somebody say great. Great was the company of them that published it. Because every time, there are, there are buildings in TUC here. The kind of walls and the kind, there are, some of the buildings look like dead buildings. It looks as if no human being lives inside. But human beings live there. You can't even have access to go and knock and say, you are going to distribute flour or for where? Who are you to knock? But you see, while we can't go, the radio will go there. By all means, one done, they'll be listening to Ultimate and God will drop something that can change a person's life. Am I communicating here? That's an opportunity. You see, everyone who drops a seed into radio ministry, every time a soul is saved, it's as if you are the one who preached for the person to be saved. That's how it works. That's how it works. It's as if you are the one who preached for the person to be saved. Because I am there because you sent me there. Number four, cultivate the habit of inviting everyone in your sphere of influence to church. Influence. Everyone. Everyone in your sphere. Everyone you get in contact with. Invite them to church. Invite them. Invite them. Invite them. How many of you came to this church because you were invited? Lift up your hands. You came here because you were invited. You came here. Lift up your hands. You were invited. You see the number of people who are here? Because they were invited. Because they were invited. And today they are here. They are members blessed by God because they were invited. Who have you invited? You just come all by yourself. And you live all by yourself. You are God all by yourself. <laughs> From beginning to the end. There's no place for argument. You'll be alone by yourself. Invite others. You know, you know the, uh, the Samaritan woman, he said, come see a man. John chapter 4, verse 29. Come see a man who told me everything that I ever did. Indeed, he is the Christ. Come see. Somebody say, come see. Come see. Some people just came to see. And when they came back, they couldn't go back. Praise God. In the same way. Come see everyone. Your family members who are not saved, invite them. Your neighbors who are not saved, invite them. Your colleagues who are not saved, invite them. Your classmates, invite them. Eh? Leslie, your shop there. You pick church, uh, listen, uh, flies, and you keep it at the place. When they come and uh, not shaves their hair and they are leaving, you give it to them. Constantly. Constantly. Keep flyers of the church in your car. Sometimes I just pick people. Not because of anything, but I pick them to witness to them. I pick them. And I say, so, so, we are sitting home. You see, you must, listen, everything you have and you owe, God gave it to you. And you must always use it 
for the advancement of God. Every. Of course, you, if you know you have some women problem, you don't pick some girls. Am I complicating? I just want to balance it a little. So that I don't go and carry somebody and create confusion. <laughs> Praise God. But what I'm saying is I use every opportunity. You see, sometimes you are in a place, you are a doctor. Ghana, average person respects a doctor. Paris, none. Official there that you are. Every person, every person respects a doctor. Particularly, what because you speak to the person patiently, take care, handle the patient like a patient. Then the person feels very comfortable when he's done and you're about to leave. Please, have you given your life to Christ? Are you born again? Can I pray the sinner's prayer with you? By the time he leaves the hospital, he knows that because we share Dr. Bia or all share the crown Yeah, yeah, I'm telling you, I'm telling you. He has met a doctor who was proposing love while treating. So he has a certain perception about doctors. But the moment you come in, you speak to him, convince him, listen, you need to give your life to Christ. Hey. By the time the person looks at himself and you, where you are, the respect he has for you and the fact that you also believe. By you, because God has brought you into a certain place, you don't want people to even know that you two, you speak in tongues, you two, listen. <laughs> You are simply showing people that you are not smart. Are you with me? But you are smarter. Multitudes will follow you. Officials will be saved because of you. Listen, listen. It comes, it comes from officials to church every Sunday. Officials every Sunday. Every Sunday. Elder is also in officials. This man. Elder lives in officials. So we must cultivate, invite. Somebody say invite. invite. Don't invite one person. Invite more people. Invite more people. Invite. Because see, when you invite one, two, three people, some of them, by all means, will not come home. By all means, some of them will not come. The day you came to fix the thing for me, is it not the same day I invited you? You came to do table. I'd never met him before. Somebody just connected me. Come and do something. When he finished, I said, ah, Charlie, now nah, how are you? Can you visit us tomorrow? And he said yes. And now he's here, enjoying God. So invite as many. Cell meeting, invite somebody. A person may feel, ah, master of your choir. Okay, cell meeting, it's around your house. Yeah. Oh, Sunday, dear, may I busy. Okay, Wednesday service. Invite the person. By all means, get somebody. Number five. Pray and police all new members and converts until their family established. Somebody say pray. pray. You see, the other thing some of us we don't know to do is that when we bring the people, we think that we are finished. Once I brought him, that is all. But you see, bringing the person is the first stage. Once you have decided to bring him to church, that is the last place Satan wants him to come. So all of a sudden, all of a sudden, Satan will just go and bring them around him. Then when it's service time, that is when they are giving him office. They will send him WhatsApp. Charlie, some uh, chop chop is going on. Uh, we are meeting at this mutual joint. And all of that. So you have to now contest for the person's life on those basis. You call him like this uh, Uber guy I met. Ask him, are you born again? And he was so that. Two of them I met this week, they were just direct with me. 
are you saved? And they were very honest. When I brought him to my office, I was even giving him, I was supposed to charge me like five cities. I was giving him 20 cities. He didn't take the money. He didn't take the money because he, he saw that I'd given him something more valuable than money. And you see, because he wanted to come to church, Satan took him to where? Session. Yeah. Session. So if such a person, the first invitation becomes the last invitation. You don't follow up. You don't call him again. You don't police him. He will be gone. Sometimes we bring people in, but we don't check up on them. Even when we close the service, we don't know what they stated. Whether they stated they want to be part of the church or they are visiting. Whatever. They, we don't care about it at all. Listen, I'll be showing you. I just have a sense in my spirit that I may have to continue this teaching in the coming month as well. Because if you get it, next month I may teach on becoming a visitor-friendly church. Because if you are going to grow, we need to know how to accommodate and receive people. Praise God. I'll be showing you. When this happens, it translates into other results in our lives. Pray. Somebody say pray. Until they are firmly established. Don't leave it to chance. Pray the Lord, let them be established. Let them be rooted and grounded in you. And finally, we must create a warm and welcoming atmosphere so that we don't lose anyone. Create a warm and welcoming atmosphere. Let me tell you, God doesn't want to lose anyone who comes to him. Somebody say God. God. Uh, let me show you two scriptures so that you understand what it means. And you take this very seriously. John chapter 17 verse 12. He said, while I was with them, I kept them in your hand. Those whom you gave me, look at, this is Jesus. Those whom you gave me, I kept. And none of them is lost. Have you seen that? Those you gave me, I've lost none. That's the first one. Go to 18 verse 9. 18 verse 9. He said, that it might be fulfilled, which he spoke. Of those whom you gave me, I have lost none. Now go to Luke chapter 15, verse 4. Here he gives a parable. He said, what man of you having a hundred sheep, if he loses one of them, does not leave the 99 in the wilderness and go after the one that is lost. Are you following now? Now, that means that every person God brings here, he expects us that we keep the person. He expects that what? So everything we can do to keep the person, we must do it. And there are many things we can do to keep a person. Being nice to a person. Being friendly to a person. Because you see, people may join a church because the pastor is good. But people stay in a church because they have relationships with nice people in the church. Love attracts, hatred repels. When people see that they, you care about them, you love them, they are naturally attracted to you. So when we close service and we say, greet somebody and ask the person his name, it is just one way you are contributing to establishing people in the kingdom of God. Oh, we dear. <laughs> Praise God. So open up. Some of us, we are just not friendly. Now, I also teach on the power of friendship. Because you need to understand it. Life is a burden already. But when you have somebody who can help you share the burden, it becomes easier. So an English artist says that a burden shared is a burden half half salt. But if you don't have any like that, he said two are better than one. They have a good reward of their labor. Yeah. Let me tell you, some friends will hurt you, but you still need friends. Yes. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yes. Some friends will hurt you, but you still need friends. You still need friends. And if you don't have friends, 
your life can be very miserable. And the friendship you are talking about are people who are connected to you in faith. It's my prayer that a heart for lost souls will be imparted to your spirit. That beginning from today, you will reach out. And not only reach out, but you connect and bond with people. Close your eyes. Close your eyes. Just pray. Praise the Lord. Grant me the grace to work with your word. Grant me the grace. Open your mouth. Grant me the grace. Pastor Afuakwa has just placed in your hands the key for all round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. To get a copy of this message and other messages, as well as books by Pastor Afuakwa, please call 020-422-5790 or 027-422-5790 or email us at faithhousechapel at yahoo.com. Get interactive with Pastor Afuakwa on Facebook and Twitter. You can also visit our website www.faithhousechapel.com for any other information. Fellowship with us this and every Sunday for our two English services, 6.30 to 8 a.m. fair service, 8.30 to 10.30 a.m. second service, and on Tuesdays for our word encounter service, 6 to 8 p.m. at our church auditorium on the top floor of Nanaama Ejakuma Plaza opposite the Unity Oil Station, Santa Runabout, Kumase, Ghana. God richly bless you. My life. My life.